Hello and welcome back to my Olive mini-series. This is episode four. Very excited to bring this to you today because my debut novel, Olive, is out today online in stores. You can get it from your favourite retailer. And of course, I was going to have a book launch, but that is no longer happening. But I've decided to release this four-part series, four different podcast episodes, interviewing four different women about their varying experiences and attitudes towards motherhood based on the topics I cover in my book, Olive. So the novel centres around the main character, Olive, who is child-free by choice, and she's figuring out her own path in life. And her three best friends are called B, Cecily and Isla. And they're all going through their own struggles in their own ways. And they are grappling with their own definition of motherhood and what that is looking like for them. So it is a story of friendship. It's a story of the obstacle course of adulthood. What happens when all your friends are going through different things and how to navigate all those key life moments. So I really hope you enjoy the book. It's out today. So definitely go and buy a copy And today's episode is with Natalie Lee. I wanted to do an episode on new motherhood, which sort of parallels a character in the book. Natalie is a fashion blogger, former midwife and a body positivity advocate. She is a brilliant businesswoman, online influencer, someone that has created her own career from scratch. And I just find her full of wisdom. I love following her. In this episode, we talk about how she got creative during her maternity leave and started her blog how to keep your friendships close when you have your first child, how to set boundaries, how to not lose your identity in and amongst motherhood and your role as a mum and making time for yourself. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm really grateful for each of the guests uh, for opening up to me about these different topics. So Olive is out now in bookshops, online, all the different retailers. So if you're looking for a new summer read, then why not pick up a copy of Olive? I'm so excited that it's out there in the world. So hope you enjoy this conversation. Make sure you go and check out the other episodes in the mini-series. And here it is. I will see you soon. So I'm really thrilled to be joined by Natalie. We've been on a few panels together over the years. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. So I always find it so incredible when people during that maternity leave or pregnancy find the time to like start a creative project. Did your blog start when you fell pregnant with your second child? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think maternity, when you're on maternity leave, it's a it's a huge one for starting up projects. And I think the reason why I started it with my second child is the first time I felt completely overwhelmed and there was just absolutely no space in my brain to start up another project or a side hustle or anything like that. But The second time round, I felt a lot more secure. I knew what I was doing. And there just seemed to be that sort of that place to pursue something that was really for me and something where I could sort of flex my creative muscle. And also that wasn't like really baby related and just gave me a little bit of um, a little outside interest I think Um, and yeah I think it was the best thing I've ever done 
yeah, I was able to really think about what my needs were, what I wanted to get out of it and and what my interests were. So it was the perfect timing for me. I love that. Do you feel like there is a sense of wanting a little bit of space for you, you as Natalie? Like, did you, it was that sort of the reason why as well? Yeah, 100%. I really struggled the first time around with losing my identity. I was a midwife before I got pregnant and when I was pregnant and um, I yeah it's really funny how much work defines your identity Um, and then when you have a baby it's like you're somebody's mum and I really struggled to find and get back to that person who I was and um, that was a massive thing for me because not all women want to get back to that person who they were before children but for me I really had a very strong desire to keep part of me um sacred in a way and that wasn't just being a mum yeah and did you feel that when you uh were pregnant the first time I just wondered if you looked on the internet or to the internet social media, forums, whatever it might be for information during that time. Because I feel like in this world we're in now, it does feel like we have all this information, which can kind of be positive and negative. I wondered um, how much did you look on there just to prepare yourself? Or was it more like offline with friends? I mean, there is so much and it can be really overwhelming. I looked on the internet all the time. You know, if my daughter had a little cough or an ear infection, it was the place that I headed to straight away. And it was definitely not the best thing to do. I would suggest that the internet, um, it gives so many, you know, conflicting views. And, you know, there's some really hot topics that um, are very aggressively contested on social media like breastfeeding Mm. or types of birth people have very very strong opinions when it comes to motherhood and parenting and it can be really really overwhelming especially when it's your first one because you just don't know where to turn so I found that yeah quite hard to navigate and I think sometimes you just need to take a step back and you know, speak to people you really trust. But ultimately, you know, what I found was to trust my instincts and actually go back within instead of looking outwards for answers. Best thing I ever done was to listen to my gut mm. and go with that. Yeah. And I think the second time round, I was so much, so much better at that. The first time I was looking for answers everywhere. And I just, it really just became all consuming. And I would often, there's certain things I saw on the internet that used to really plague me at night. I remember when I had my daughter, there was somebody who I followed on Instagram who had recently had a cot death experience. And I became absolutely obsessed with them and their journey. And then that made me become neurotic about my own baby um, dying of cot death. So when you're in a very vulnerable 
mental state. Social media and the internet can be a really destructive place for those sorts of reasons. Yeah, because actually you're so right with, you know, for me, for example, I don't have children and I'm already comparing myself to other people and it's like, add another layer onto that yeah. or add two more layers onto that oh. it's almost like that that can breed more and more of that but I wondered do you think lockdown has made people a bit more forgiving around this area of parenting because from what I've seen from friends and family everyone's just giving each other a bit of a break and there isn't as much you know because we don't have the routines and because people's lives have been turned upside down it's a bit like do you know what following your gut is probably the best thing anyone can do yeah I think I think it depends on who you are really because I know that social media um, usage has definitely gone up in mm. lockdown so that can be difficult if, you, if you're constantly looking at that and you're a new parent but um, yeah I think lockdown has definitely well for me it's made me it's made me pause and it's made me rethink my connections and my relationships and definitely to go with my gut instincts a lot more so I'm the type of person who goes with the flow and who is incredibly yeah sometimes I don't stop to think about you know what my desires are and what I want um and you know when you're so busy with work and with socializing and seeing people that can definitely have an impact on on not using you know trusting your instincts and and going back within so I think lockdown has definitely for me it's definitely been good with in terms of that and I feel like I've I've got a deeper connection with my children now um since lockdown because I've I've had to we're we're in lockdown together and that and and it pushes you together but in a really beautiful way you know there's obviously there's obviously times of conflict and times when we literally want to kill each other <laughs> but there's also it's also been really bonding for me because I haven't had so much work on and I haven't been running around like a headless chicken to this meeting to this to that meeting and that's been a wonderful thing about lockdown that is wonderful I love the idea of everyone getting a bit closer kind of whether it's your children or your friends or your other people in your family I feel like I've been having like the deepest conversations I've ever had with them and it's a shame that it took yeah. it took this but I um I definitely think that's been a really nice outcome of it all I was wondering whether during lockdown that has impacted your ability to have time for yourself and how you've managed to kind of maintain that you time during all of this yeah it, it absolutely has and I'm and I'm the type of person that really craves alone time mm. um which is one of the most difficult things I found about motherhood the fact that I couldn't even go to the toilet on my own without you know a child crying screaming or banging on the door was a huge struggle for me yes I have found that sort of me time difficult during lockdown but I've got a dog and the dog has been a very very welcome distraction in terms of walking in the forest and getting out especially when my husband's around and <laughs> yeah just really being quite vocal and 
and you know explaining when I needed to take that time and that space which it isn't always easy you know it depends on your situation and I have sometimes really struggled with that especially because my husband actually hasn't been at home with us he's been in locked he's he's been out at work he's still been going to work the homeschooling and and everything being on me has been quite a struggle but yeah I think just trying to vocalise that is the most important thing and recognising when you do need some time out. Yeah, I love that people have been getting pets during lockdown. I mean, I've been very tempted. <laughs> and I, I just... They really have. I, I mean, I already had a dog, but... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They have loads of people have been getting dogs and cats. Yeah, it feels like a good excuse to give yourself a bit of self-care because I I had a friend who she first went freelance and she wasn't having lunch, she wasn't going for walks, she wasn't even going to the loo. Like she was just working constantly and then the dog came along and mm. then she, you know, improved her life. So <laughs> Oh, really that's like that. good. That's really good. I wanted to bring up also the topic of friendship because I have just written about a bunch of 30-year-old women who for so long have been so similar with their milestones in life and then suddenly some are having babies, some are struggling to have babies, some don't want them. And I just wondered when you were first pregnant or even when you were having your second baby, did your friends change around you or did you find that that didn't impact as much as maybe people assume it does? So I have found this a really fascinating question. I think about this actually quite a lot. When I got pregnant, personally, my friendships didn't change that much. But I noticed that when my friends got pregnant, they were either, you know, the type of person who was still quite similar to what they were like before they had children or they were the type of person who completely changed like hugely after they had a child. Mm. And sometimes I've found that difficult to cope with on the other side of the coin. When I had a friend who has had a baby and then they're completely MIA and they have absolutely no desire in like putting any investment or time or energy into our friendship. I've, I've often really struggled with that because I didn't have that same experience where I felt like I can, I changed completely beyond recognition, mm. but I know lots of people who have, and yeah, that's, I found that difficult. And you know what? It's, you really don't know which one of your friends that's going to happen to either. You can never like pre sort of like warn yourself, you know, that this is going to happen. So just prepare yourself that they might not be your friends anymore. You know, it's, um, it's weird. You just, yeah, it just affects different people differently, but no, not for me. I, I still have lots of single friends and lots of friends who have children mm. and they've kind of just just evolved naturally that's really nice to hear because I think I wanted to kind of write about that 
uh, insecurity that I know I've had in the past where my friends got pregnant I'm obviously amazing like so happy for her but I'm I have this niggle of like are you gonna go to your NCT classes and never talk to me again and have some new fun friends and it's it's such a ridiculous thought but it might happen sometimes as well so maybe it doesn't come from nowhere it's an absolute it's an it's a very justified insecurity because some people literally do desert you and that doesn't just happen with you know people without children that happens to all of us so I can I can totally understand that kind of mentality because I'm the same but it must have been really nice in the early days of Instagram or even Twitter you know I've I've used these um, places to find my own friendships you find people who have like niche interests or similar um, personalities to you or sense of humor. So I'm guessing it it would be the same with finding similar mums or similar parents who get it. Has your relationship changed with Instagram over the years or do you still feel like it's a nice place to make new friends? I think you're absolutely right. And I think one of the I didn't realize it at the time, but I was forming my own community. Mm. And one of the good things that I found when I first started Instagram was that I almost laid out my positioning and people gravitated or, or didn't to me who had a similar kind of thinking. And that was wonderful. That was really wonderful when my children were younger. I really enjoyed that community aspect of Instagram. I definitely rely on it less now in terms of a community. I think it's probably a little bit more of a harsher place. It didn't used to have Mm. so many ads and it wasn't so businessy. So now I think it's, I think the ethos has definitely changed slightly, but I still think there is aspects of community on there and I've met some really good friends through um, social media friends that I hold very very dear to my heart still today so it's it's definitely been a great place for for finding community and friends yeah I totally agree with the uh the change in the tone maybe of some of the ads and businesses kind of broadcasting at you felt like a more of an innocent place back in the day but still very grateful it's there I'm sure so with this conversation of kind of what success means to each individual, I, I find it really fascinating that I think nowadays we have our own definitions, we create our own jobs. Um, you're an amazing example of that. And and it isn't necessarily like, here's the tick box of life uh, that we all do exactly mm. the same anymore. I just wondered what your definition is of having it all or whatever that phrase is where you're just like oh, I'm just feeling really good today and like my life's really balanced and the way I wanted it to be is there I don't know is there like a definition that you have for your own success um I think my my definition has definitely changed over time mm. I think I used to probably think that success was about material wealth making money and you know, having a really good job. I would say now it's much more about a lifestyle that keeps me mentally well. And that includes having the time to be able to pause when I want to. Success is definitely, for me, about having the flexibility to be able to 
choose what I want to do and when. And I think that's that's my major sort of overriding feeling about the success, about my success anyway. Yeah. You seem, I mean, you see, this is very much an assumption, but, but you seem to be someone <laughs> with really good boundaries. You know, for example, you have a team and you have people around you, like you don't, I don't know, I just get that feeling of like, oh, you're you're not sort of constantly working or you're not constantly at people's beck and call and I think that's really inspiring yeah absolutely and that goes again to yeah not working myself like a dog if I don't need to and outsourcing is one of the best things I've ever done you know if I'm not good at something and I can afford to outsource it I'm gonna I'm gonna outsource it but also there is there's times when you can really help yourself in lots of small little ways just to not be chasing your tail all the time and just to have a much more of a a balance in life yeah and I feel like that is for so long it's been like how busy you are means how successful you are and I feel like it's the complete opposite now I I'm like how little can I work (laughs) to enjoy myself exactly yeah um there is this um this book that I read recently um Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap yes I love that book it's so good and he talks about when you're in your mode of genius what can you do with minimal output that gets the maximum in return Mm -hmm. and you know hopefully you understand the philosophy behind it I'm very much in I don't need to work all the time to get everything that I want. I can minimise how much I work and get maximum returns. So I'm always looking for ways in which I can do that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's almost like, what's your superpower? What's that thing that is actually yeah. comes very naturally to you that might not come naturally to someone else? How can you put that into a project where you're not working 24-7? exactly yeah I really love that book he coined the phrase upper limiting yes he did where you like limit yourself and your achievements because you want to stay safe and small and I've I've really taken a lot from that but what are you excited about work-wise at the moment because I know that we're both similar in that way that we kind of chop and change and try new things and essentially growing a, a business and um so I am at the moment really focusing on my events. They're online at the moment for the foreseeable future. But um, my Feeling Myself event, which I do with my best friend, Alana from Dancebox, where we combine dancing with very open and honest talking. We also do like manifestation, affirmations and things like that. We're branching off into lots of different areas of that too and doing a podcast. And I am about to write a book. So that's the that's the really exciting thing that I've been meaning to do for a very long time. Amazing. I'm getting positive feedback. So um, I'm really excited, really, really excited about that. Oh, I'm so excited to read it. You have so much wisdom to share and I will gobble that up when that when that is available. Oh, Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, Those events sound absolutely amazing as well. And if there's anything I've realised during lockdown is that actually 
as much as I'm missing in real life events, I'm getting so much from the virtual events I've been signing up to. And it's they're really fun, actually, to to do at home. Well, thank you so much. That was so interesting. And I hope that people listening go and listen to the rest of the series. Um, Go and follow Natalie wherever she is on the Internet. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.